All right, you got your Bibles, you got your electronic device, or whatever you got the scriptures on. We're going to open. Where would we go in the Bible on Pentecost Sunday? There's a lot of places we could go, but we're going to go to the book of Acts. Brother Rod was here last week. Brother Rod, when he preaches from Acts, he calls it the book of action. And it is a book of action. It says the Acts of the Apostles. Does your heading say that? The Acts of the Apostles. It says the Acts of the Apostles in my Bible. Most Bibles do say that. But it's not, it's not just, it's not the Acts of the Apostles. It's the Acts of the Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit that was working through the apostles. It was the Holy Spirit that was working through this new, this young church in the book of action. And so Acts is full of action. I just finished reading the book of Acts again last week. And um, I love the book of Acts. It, it inspires me. It, 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 it encourages me. And it causes me to pray a prayer that says, Lord, do it again. Do it again in these days in which we live in today. So in the book of Acts, we're going to chapter 1 and then over to chapter 2. And I'm going to talk to you this morning about the promise, the power, and the purpose of Pentecost. The promise, the power, and the purpose of Pentecost. And in Acts chapter number 1, beginning with verse number 4, Acts 1 and 4. If you got it, say amen. And they've got it on the screen as well. It says this, And being assembled together with them, he, speaking of Jesus, commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So you can see right there in that verse that that verse in itself mentions two different baptisms. It mentions a baptism in water, and then it mentions a baptism with the Holy Spirit, okay? And there is also a third baptism, which is the baptism into the body of Christ, which is separate and distinct from the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Verse number 6 says, Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And Jesus said to them, It is not for you to know the times and seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And then if you'll turn the page over to verse number 12, verse number 12 of that first chapter says, Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they had entered, they went up into an upper room where they were staying, Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas the son of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and with his brothers. So if you'll notice... These, this was the part of, a partial list of the group that were there. We know there were 120 in that upper room, but included with the, with the apostles, with the disciples of the Lord also, were some women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there, and she was there on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Ghost fell, and she spoke in tongues. Mary was a Pentecostal. Well, that went over real good, but... Nevertheless, it's right there in the Bible. Then in verse, uh, go over to chapter 2 and verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. 
And there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Father, we thank you for your word today. We ask that you will give us divine utterance today to say what you would have us to say, to help us to preach, minister your word. In the name of Jesus, fill us, everyone in this building, every one of us, with a fresh filling of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. In Acts chapter 2, of course, if you've been in a Pentecostal church before or around Pentecost very much, as I have, then you are very familiar with Acts chapter 2. And Acts chapter 2 gives the account of what happened on the day of Pentecost when they were there in that upper room and the day of Pentecost had fully come. As I said, Pentecost means 50th. It's the 50th day after Passover in the Jewish feast days. And it was on that day that the Holy Ghost was sent, the gift of the Holy Ghost was given to the church and the church was birthed and born on that day. And we're all familiar with that account in Acts chapter 2, but actually also in Acts chapter 1, the verses that we read, verses 4 through 8, reveals the promise that was given of Pentecost, the power that would be provided at Pentecost, and the purpose for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit that was given at Pentecost. The Lord had promised this group of faithful believers that after the Holy Ghost had come upon them that they would receive power, that they would receive the authority and the power and the dynamite, so to speak, and uh, the dynamo within them of the Spirit to be witnesses for the Lord Jesus Christ. This divine empowerment of the Holy Spirit was going to shake the religious world. It was going to shake the kingdom of Satan, and it was going to empower the church so that everywhere that these believers went, people would feel the impact of this mighty Pentecostal outpouring. Pentecost was a great day that made a difference in the lives of those 120 in that upper room. As I said earlier, Pentecost is not a denomination. We refer to ourselves as being Pentecostals, and there is an authentic Pentecostalism, and that's what I believe that Abundant Life Family Church is. We're, we're not a denomination, so to speak, as a, a, you know, a Pentecostal denomination, but it is an experience. Pentecostalism is an experience that we receive. It was a great day that made a difference in the lives of, of, of so many, those 120 in the upper room. It was a day of power, a, a day of victory and glory for God's people. And there's some things that we see and that we want to notice today as we look at the day of Pentecost and see what the day of Pentecost was. It was, number one, it was a day of oneness and of unity. As you look at the scripture and the text that we read there in Acts 2 and 1. It says that when the day of Pentecost had fully come, that they were all, they were all with one accord and in one place. They were all in the same place, and they were all of the same mind, and they were there for the same purpose, and that was to wait for the promise of the Father that Jesus had told them to wait for. They were gathered together, those hundreds, 120 were there in that upper room and they were having a prayer meeting and uh, they were there to pray and to wait on God for the promise of the Father which was the Holy Spirit. Jesus had told them uh, in, in, that, uh, in his meeting with them at the upper room when they, when they had the last supper, Jesus had talked to them about the coming comforter, the coming Holy Spirit, the helper that was going to come. 
In John chapter 16, Jesus said to those disciples, He said, I'm going away, but it's profitable for you. It's expedient or profitable for you to you for me to go away because if I don't go away, the comforter, the helper, the Holy Spirit will not come. But He said, I'm going to go away and I'm going to send you, oh hallelujah, I'm going to send you another comforter, another helper that will abide with you forever. He is with you, but he shall be in you. Glory be to the Lamb forever. And he has sent them there to pray. And they're in that prayer meeting waiting on God for that promise to be fulfilled and for the Holy Spirit to come. The Bible says in that, in that 14th chapter of the first, uh, 14th verse of the first chapter, it says that they were all there and they all continued in one accord in prayer and supplication. But that's so important that to know that the day of Pentecost was a day of unity and one accord. The day of Pentecost was a day that brought this group together for a 10-day prayer meeting. It was a 10-day time span from the time that Jesus ascended to heaven until the Holy Ghost was poured out on that day of Pentecost. And before the day of Pentecost, we are all aware that uh, there had been division among the disciples before. They had been in arguments and they had been in disputes and Jesus was always having to deal with them, you know about what they were arguing about and he'd give them you know uh, they would get to where they were going and Jesus would say to them what were you guys talking about back there as we were traveling down the road because he knew they had been arguing among one another about who which one of them would, was, the, was the greatest which one of them was the best preacher I, I've cast out more devils than you have come on and there was a dispute going on between those apostles even among Jesus Jesus' ministry team. So it shouldn't surprise us if we have stuff like that going on within the church. It shouldn't be that way, but sometimes it is. But you know what? Now on the day of Pentecost, things are different. They're not disputing about who's the best or who's the most powerful or who's the greatest. There's no dispute. There's no division. There's no feuding. They have settled all their differences and they have come together in unity to pray for the power of God. They have come together in unity to pray for the common cause that the Spirit of God would be poured out and the promise of the Holy Ghost would be given unto them. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. That's what the church got to get back to today. If we want to see Pentecost manifested again in our churches, we've got to come together. Pentecost is a time of unity. It's a time of oneness. We can't be bickering and striving and have confusion among the church when we come together in one mind and in one accord and in unison together with one purpose of heart and that is to be filled with the power of God. I believe God will open the windows of heaven one more time and pour out the Holy Ghost upon his church again. Come on, amen. Oh, there's an atmosphere that is that is produced that is conducive to the working and the moving and the operation of the Holy Spirit when, when people dwell together and a church comes together in unity. Amen. Strife and division and contention and confusion is something that always hinders the operation of the Holy Spirit. That's why there is an anointing of the Holy Spirit upon our worship team because they are in harmony and they are in unison with one another. That's why there is a moving and an operation of the Holy Spirit here within Abundant Life Family Church is because we have a zero tolerance for strife and contention and confusion. Pentecost is a time that we come together in unity and in one accord and pray for the same thing and believe God to do or do it again in our hearts and our lives and pour out his spirit upon his people. Can I get an amen today? 
I'm believing God is going to do it again. That is his desire for the church. And Paul expressed it in Philippians 1.27 when he said that that church, he, his desire was for them to stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. And that, my friend, is what we must have as a Pentecostal spirit-filled church today. It was a day, the day of Pentecost was a day of unity and harmony, but secondly, the day of Pentecost was a day of obedience to the Lord. Now, don't lose me here, or don't let me lose you. All right, stay with me here. Because it was a day of obedience. We read in Acts 1 and 4, that they were assembled together there. Jesus was assembled with, with them. And the Bible says in Acts 1 and 4 that, they, that Jesus commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. And then in verse 12 it says, Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, and they went into the upper room where they were staying. When you read that text, you read those verses, you see there that, it was, that there was a command that was given to them from the Lord. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to go there and to wait and to tarry until they were endued with power from on high. They didn't know how long they were going to be there. He didn't tell them to go and wait for the day of Pentecost. He just told them, you go back and you wait there for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit until the Holy Spirit comes and empowers you. Now, they had heard his command and they had watched him there in Acts chapter 1 as he ascended into heaven. And there was possibly more, probably more than 500 that watched him ascend into heaven. Paul bears that out. It says that after the resurrection of Jesus, the apostle Paul said in Corinthians that there was one particular time that he was seen of above 500 brethren at once. Now, I personally believe that that occasion was here at his ascension where there was possibly more than 500 assembled that saw him ascend into heaven. And that heard, are you listening to me, that heard the command that he gave to them to not depart from Jerusalem but to wait for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Now, here we there's 500 that, that hear the command, but how many obeyed the command and went to the upper room, we're not exactly sure. What we do know was that 10 days later, there were only 120. There may have been more that started started out in that upper room of those 500 but when 10 days after 10 days had passed some of them probably gave up hope of it even happening and weren't there when it did happen oh I want to be there when it does happen come on somebody but when the day of Pentecost was fully come there were 120 that were left there there were 380 that did not obey the command and they missed out on this outpouring of the spirit. I don't know what happened to those 380. There's nothing mentioned about them. But I do know what happened. Oh, hallelujah. I do know what happened to those 120. They were filled with the Holy Ghost and received the power of God. And that was the beginning of a new of the New Testament church. And they went forth in the power of the Spirit and turned the world upside down for the Lord Jesus Christ. And you and I are here today in this service and we're experiencing the power and the blessing of the Lord because 120 obeyed the command to go back and to wait and to pray and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a day of obedience and ladies and gentlemen it's time for you and I to obey the Lord and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is not optional. You know, we buy, you buy a new car or order a new car, 
and you get certain options you can have put on there what you want and choose what you want. And a lot of times we get the idea as Christians that, well, I, I, you know, I, I know the Holy Spirit's been made available. The baptism in the Holy Spirit's made available. But, uh, you know, it's just my choice whether I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit or not. But it's Jesus did not leave it as an option to you or I to make up our mind whether we wanted the Holy Spirit baptism or not. He gave it as a command. He didn't tell them there in Acts 1, well, if you want to or if you think it's a good idea, or maybe you should, know that Jesus gave these people a command. Don't do anything until you are baptized with the Holy Spirit and until you get the power of God in your life. Don't go witnessing. Don't go preach. Don't go teach. Don't go start a church. Don't try to cast out any devils. Don't try to lay hands on the sick. Don't do anything until after you've first been to Jerusalem and been endued with power from on high. Are you listening to me today? It was a command. See, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is a second work of grace that is subsequent to salvation. Salvation is the greatest gift that God has given to the sinner, to the world, but the greatest gift that God has given to the church and to the born-again believer is the baptism with the Holy Ghost and with fire and with the power of Almighty God. And every single one of us need the power of the Holy Ghost in our life today. Can somebody say amen? Woo! Hallelujah. Paul gave that command also in writing to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians 5 and 18 when he said, Do not be drunk with wine where is in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. That was in that verb is in the imperative mode. It's not a suggestion. It's not saying it might be a good thing to do, but Paul admonished the Ephesian believers to be filled. He gave them command the command, be filled. And in the in the Greek, it literally is in the continuous sense. It literally says not just to be filled one time, but it has the connotation of being continually filled filled, being filled on a continual basis. Let me tell you something. I, 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 my dad and my uncle and them, uh, when they were preaching, they used Schofield reference Bibles back, the, back in those days. Uh, the Schofield and the Thompson chain were the two Bibles you had to have. And uh, one of the notes in the Schofield Bible, uh, Dr. Schofield said, there's one baptism, but there's many refillings. A lot of times people think, well, we've got, I got the Holy Ghost back 10 years ago or I got the Holy Ghost at youth camp or I got filled with the Holy Ghost one time in Brother Rod's revival or I got, I got filled with the Holy Ghost at, at somewhere in a, in a good old-fashioned Holy Ghost camp meeting some years ago. But let me tell you what, it's not, it's not good enough just to have been filled at one time. You need to be being filled today and every day and be full and overflowing and running over with the Spirit of Almighty God. It's a continual action in your life. I believe that every born again believer should be filled and refilled with the Holy Spirit and pray through every day to a fresh filling of the Holy Ghost in their lives. Can you imagine what the church would be like if everybody did that? Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it's being continually filled. I remember when I got saved back in, in, in 1973. When I got saved, got born again, gave my heart to the Lord. Y'all have heard my testimony. But those saints in that Pentecostal church, it was a little full gospel church. The name of the church was, they changed it later, but it was Trinity Full Gospel Church. 1012 South Ellis, Cape Girardeau, Missouri. I went, one t- I was back down there here, I don't know, it was a couple of years ago, Vicki and I were down there, and I, I drove down that south end of Cape, 
to see that little old church, and it had been torn down. It wasn't there anymore, just an empty lot. But, man, the, the times we had in the Lord in that little Holy Ghost-filled church. But I got saved, and those saints were so excited about me getting saved. But that, you know, I thought, well, everybody be happy I got saved. That, that's good enough. But they weren't satisfied with me just being saved. They was, they was on me like chickens on a June bug. Every, every service. All right, you're saved now. Here's what they tell me. You're saved now. You need to get the Holy Ghost. You need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And I, I, I knew about being filled with the Holy Spirit. I knew about speaking in tongues. I'd been, uh, I'd come up around Pentecostals, you know, all my life. It may be different for folks that have not been in Pentecost or been around Pentecostals, but I had been. But every service, you need to be seeking the Holy Ghost. Have you got the Holy Ghost yet? They wouldn't leave me alone. So because of that, and I'm telling you, I look back on that today and I say, oh, I thank God that they wouldn't leave me alone. But they kept on me stressing the importance of me being filled with the Holy Spirit. I thought, well, I'm saved and I'm going to heaven and my name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life, which is true. But there was something more that I needed in my life. I needed the power of God in my life. God was getting me ready and preparing me for a call to preach upon my life and for a ministry that he'd given to me. And so every service that I went to, they would hit me up about the Holy Ghost and I'd be in those altars every Sunday and especially on Sunday night we'd be tearing and praying around the altars and they'd gather around me man those old saints would get around and pray over me and pray God well some of them was on one side saying God empty him and there's others on the other side saying God fill him and there was some on one side saying hold on and there was others on the other side saying let go hallelujah I figured out one thing about the time I learned how to hold on and let go at the same time. God somehow filled me with the precious Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Amen. Thank God for that experience. But they let me know it was imperative that I be filled with the Holy Spirit. I thank God for that. It was a day of obedience. So obey the Lord today. It was a day, thirdly, the day of Pentecost was a day of praise and worship. That group of people in the upper room, the Bible said in Luke 24, 52 and 53 that they went back to Jerusalem. They returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple, notice this, praising and blessing God. They were in that upper room in the temple and they were praising and worshiping the Lord in their prayer time. Can I tell you, there can be no true Pentecost without the joyful expression of praise and worship to the Lord. How many is listening to me this morning? Hallelujah. You know, spirit-filled believers. Spirit-filled believers and church services are noted for exuberant praise and worship. I took my coat off. I'm not, I'm not one that, you know, that can just stand still. And I've tried it before. And some can. And I, I've tried holding on to the pulpit. I'm going to stand still. But it's something about it. I guess that's just in my makeup. You don't have to act like I do. Amen. But I can tell you one thing. That Pentecostal churches and spirit-filled believers and spirit-filled churches are known for, are noted for exuberant praise. Of, of lifting up their hands and worshiping God. Of praising the Lord out loud of concerted prayer of lifting our voices together a lot of churches they don't do that uh, that they will actually 
um, they will actually discourage people from doing that. But I believe that when we come together and the Spirit of the Lord is present and working and moving, God wants us to praise Him with our voices and shout and lift our hands and glorify the Lord. Hallelujah. Somebody said, well, you don't have to get all loud and, and all of that. God's not deaf. Well, he's not nervous either. Amen. Hallelujah. He enjoys the praises of his people. And Pentecost is a time of praise and a day of worship and a day of shouting the praises to the Lord. Amen. Somebody said, I don't know who said this, but somebody said that it is as natural for a Pentecostal to shout and praise God as it is for a goose to go barefoot. Praise God. <laughs> God inhabits, doesn't he? he? He lives in, he inhabits, he dwells in the praises of his people. The Bible says that, that, that when we praise him, he sits down in that praise. He envelops and indwells that praise. And that's one of the things that brought the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and brought the promise of the Father on the day of Pentecost is that for 10 days, church for 10 days, they got together in prayer and supplication and worship and praise and adoration. Hallelujah. I don't know whether they went home at night and came back the next morning and started the prayer meeting again that's possibly so or if they stayed the whole 10 days but I do know this that for 10 days they were praising the Lord and seeking the Lord and worshiping the Lord and right in the middle of that atmosphere of praise God opened the windows and sent the gift of the Holy Spirit and baptized every one of them in the powerful Holy Ghost come on amen Oh, that old, I think it's an old Church of God song, Brother Wade. Oh, Lord, send the power just now. I wish I could sing. We'd have a, a little sing inspiration. Oh, Lord, send the power just now. Oh, Lord, send the power just now and baptize everyone. And that, that song talks about how they were in an upper chamber. They were all in one accord when the Holy Ghost descended as was promised by the Lord. Oh, come on, saints. It's time to praise the Lord. It's time to thank him. Hallelujah, the gift has been given and we need to be praising God for the gift of the Holy Ghost has been poured out upon his church. Amen. I told my wife, was it a couple weeks ago, I said, ever since that COVID mess back in the fall, I've had a hard time getting a win back, but the devil is a liar. I ain't standing still. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. God gave me these lungs to preach. And, it, and he said, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And as long as I got some breath, I'm going to take whatever breath I got and I'm going to pour it out in praise to the Lord and be filled with the Holy Ghost in my life. Come on, somebody. It's a day of praise and worship. Pentecost is a time of praise and worship. Let me tell you something. The world doesn't have a monopoly on enthusiasm. God didn't intend for us to go out here and shout and, and clap and enjoy the things of this world and ball games and all that. Nothing wrong with that. I'm not preaching against ball games. My Lord, I'm telling you, they can shout and praise that sports team. They can jump up and down and shout on, uh, on uh, what's, that, what's that game show? Amen, Price is Right or whatever. They, they win the big showcase and they're shouting and dancing and I've seen them giving it this. Glory to God. I tell you what, I got something more to shout about, Brother Wade. Hallelujah! Than winning a game show. I got more to shout about than a $20,000 jackpot on Family Feud. Come on, somebody. I've got something to shout about because I'm washed in the blood. I'm a child of God. My name's written in heaven, and the third person of the Godhead lives on the inside of my life. 
something to shout about today. Amen. Brother Rod talked about doing the wave the other day. We need enthusiasm. I'm not talking about emotionalism, but enthusiasm about what Jesus has done in our life. Amen. Brother Wade talked to me about here, it's been several months ago, how blessed he got with Sister Iris. She might be watching this morning. They're on their way to Tennessee, but uh, she got up here one, one Sunday, and the Holy Ghost came, and she, she danced in the Spirit all over this place. And Brother Wade said, that blessed me because I hadn't seen that in a while. Come on, shame on us Pentecostal folks. I'm talking about the Bible says to dance before the Lord and to worship Him and praise Him in the dance. David danced before the Lord with all of his might. There ain't nothing wrong, hallelujah, with the Holy Ghost, little Holy Ghost dance. Amen, jumping or leaping for joy. It was a day of praise and worship and joy. And when the church gets back to Pentecost and is filled with the Holy Ghost and a fresh anointing and fresh oil, we'll have the joy, we'll have the shout, we'll have the praise in our lives one more time. Woo! Oh, we ought to be the happiest people on the face of this planet. Amen. It was a day of worship. I've got to, I've got to hurry up. <laughs> Sister Reed's not here to tell me to take my time. All right, thank you. Fourthly, the day of Pentecost was. A day of miraculous signs, wonders, and physical manifestations. Sound from heaven. Rushing mighty wind filled the house. Cloven tongues of fire, divided tongues of fire appeared and set on the head of each one of them. Those two manifestations didn't ha only happened on that day of Pentecost. But there were some other manifestations that continued on in the book of Acts and, can I say it, continue on today to this very day in which we live. They were there and when the Holy Ghost fell, they were filled with the Spirit. And the Bible said that there was a, a multitude of people that came together. They were in Jerusalem for the Feast of Pentecost. God knows when to do something. And he did it on the day that there was a multitude of people in Jerusalem for the Feast of Pentecost. When they heard what happened, these believers, these, these 120 filled with the Spirit, they were exhibiting the joy of the Lord, and they were all speaking with other languages, with tongues, as the Holy Spirit gave them the utterance. And they heard this, and the Bible said that they were confused because everyone heard these, these folks speaking in their own language. As I said, they were from, from every nation on the earth had come there for that feast day. And in Acts chapter 2, verses, verses uh, 9 through 11, and we won't read it, but there were 17 different nations that were, that were mentioned in those verses. 17 different nations that spoke 17 different languages. And those people were amazed and perplexed and confounded because they heard these 120, all of them speaking, that somebody was speaking in the language that in their language that they could understand. Tongues. A lot of controversy about tongues, about speaking in tongues. People have called it blabber or babble or gibberish. Some have said that it's not from God, but it's from the devil. Let me tell you something. You better be careful what you say about the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. It's like my, my wife 
My wife's family were all Southern Baptists, and her parents were in a singing group, singing the gospel quartet, and they would sing in, in Pentecostal churches where there was manifestations of the Spirit and speaking in tongues. And Vicki has told me the first time that she ever heard somebody speak in tongues, she'd never heard it before, and they, the kids kind of laughed about it. They thought it was funny, and her mom told them, said, don't laugh at that. She said, we don't practice that in our church but that is from God are you listening to me thank God she didn't have to be taught out of somebody telling her it was of the devil and it wasn't for us today how many's with me today I said tongues is languages it's given by the Holy Ghost it's miraculous utterance in a language that that person has not been taught or has not known but it's a language either known on earth or I can tell you what think it is known in heaven thank God for the manifestation and the initial physical evidence of, the, of speaking in other tongues as the Holy Spirit gives the utterance to that individual you need that you need that prayer language you need that empowering of the Holy Spirit and there were manifestations that took place they were perplexed when they heard that hallelujah are you still with me I'm, I'm, I'm bringing her down the Bible said that they were speaking the wonderful works of God they heard them speaking the wonderful works of God we need that today. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of Pentecostal churches, quote, Pentecostal churches that won't allow speaking in tongues in the service. Imagine that. Yeah. A lot, there's, there's, it's getting more and more. And they say, well, we don't want anybody speaking in tongues or any interpretations, tongues, interpretation, prophecy, any of that in the church because we might have visitors that don't understand that. And they might not come back. If somebody's talking in tongues and they don't understand it. In other words, in other words, they're saying the operation of the Holy Spirit is, is apt to repel people and drive them away. And that's not true. That didn't happen on the day of Pentecost. When they come down out of there, they were acting like drunk folks. What, what do you mean? What, what do you mean by that? I don't know. It's a, they thought they were drunk, the people that saw their behavior. They were full of joy. That's one thing. They were full of joy and exuberance, and they were speaking in other languages. But you know what? That manifestation of speaking in tongues didn't run anybody away. What it did do was pique their curiosity, and it got their attention, brother. Rick and they came around and said what mean what is this all about what does this mean and some of them mocked yes they'll be the mockers but some were amazed and said what is this are they all drunk and Peter rose up now being full of the power of God the same old boy that a few days later had denied Jesus and now he stands up in the midst of them and says listen to me brethren these are not drunk as you suppose see it's only 9 o'clock in the morning but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel in the last days saith God I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy come on hallelujah this is, this is a manifestation of what Joel prophesied not the fulfillment of it because it's still going on. Woo! People say, well, that was just for then. God ain't doing that today. I, you come too late. I done been there. I done got the Holy Ghost. 
I know that's not good grammar, but I done got him. Come on, somebody. Amen. So you've come too late to tell me that. Peter did not even give an indication that it was only for that day. Because he said, this is the promise that is given to you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. You need the Holy Ghost, the promise of the Father. Your kids need the Holy Spirit. Your grandkids need the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Our young people need, if they ever needed the Holy Ghost, they need the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit in their lives today. Oh my Lord, what would happen if a bunch of teenagers got full of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues and started praying in that prayer language over their school every day. I believe we'd see revival break out in the high schools and if there ever was a time there's darkness in those schools ladies and gentlemen and we need some teenagers today that are full of God and full of the power of God to take the word of God and the Holy Ghost into those halls of those high schools and win more young people to Jesus Christ we've got to have the Holy Ghost was that number four I'm about done was a day of physical manifestation is what I'm saying it still is today we believe that the initial the initial physical evidence of one being baptized in the Holy Spirit is that they will speak with tongues as the Spirit gives utterance not talking about making you more saved Not talking about making you better than somebody that don't have the Holy Ghost. Amen. Listen, if you're saved today, you're ready for heaven. If you've been born again, you're ready for heaven. If you're ready to go to heaven, then praise God. But if you're going to plan on staying around here, on this, in this old world very long, you need the gift of the Holy Ghost power. Amen. All right. Last of all. I close with this. They gave me they gave me two minutes at Katie's graduation to give the invocation. Brother Giles said I only closed once. That's all I had time. Get her get her done. But uh, this is my final closing, I think. Listen to me. Number five, the day of Pentecost was a day of salvation for the lost. Jesus had told them in Acts 1 and 8, when he gave them the command to go and wait for the promise of the Father, he said to them, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be, what? witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the other most parts of the earth. And I already mentioned it. It changed it changed a cowardly Simon Peter. This experience of being baptized in the Holy Ghost changed a cowardly Simon Peter that denied Jesus three times. A little girl caused him to deny the Lord. And it changed him now into a mighty preacher who stood up unafraid, full of boldness, full of courage, and preached to those people and laid it on the line that they had crucified the Messiah and they needed to get saved, that Jesus was alive. He was raised from the dead. Preached that first Pentecostal sermon, ladies and gentlemen, and those who heard him, those who heard him, they gladly received his word and the same day. Are you listening to me? How many got saved that day? How many got saved? 3,000 souls got born again that day and their names written in 
in heaven and they, 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 they entered the kingdom of God and the family of God because now there was power. Jesus said it'll start in Jerusalem, but it won't stay there. You'll go from Jerusalem to Judea, Samaria, and from there to the uttermost parts of the earth. See, listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. That's why we need the Pentecostal power in the day which we're living in today. There are souls that are lost. There are souls that are on their way to hell. And we, that this world today, what we need, what we need is not just a little easy going, easy believe ism service where we got to be in and out in an hour. Come on. We need some times of fellowship with God where we're all full of the Holy Ghost and can take this gospel message to Farmington and to Lowe's and Potosi and St. Francis County and the Mineral Area and the state of Missouri and win the loss for the Lord Jesus Christ. It's power for service to win souls for Jesus. Power for service. When, when Peter, worship team, you can make your way back. When Peter was a fisherman, Jesus used his boat. Remember that? For a pulpit. And preached from <clears throat> preached from Peter's boat. And then he told Peter, he said, launch out to the deep there and let your net down and catch some fish. And he said, No, Lord, we've we fished all night and took nothing. But nevertheless, at your word, we'll do I'll let down a net. And he launched out and he he let down the net and caught a great multitude of fishes. Listen to me. A multitude of fish, a great number of fish, filled their boat, and they had to call for their buddies to come over and fill their boat. And Peter falls down before the Lord, and he says, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. And Jesus said, remember what Jesus said to Simon Peter? Brother Nathan, he said to him, From this point on, he said, You're going to catch men. And what that what what was that? That great multitude of fish that they enclosed, it was a prophetic picture of what was going to happen. What Jesus said, you're going to catch men, Peter. You're going to catch men and fill boats with men being born and brought into the kingdom of God just like you filled this boat with fish. And that, that word was fulfilled on the day of Pentecost when Peter stood up and preached and let down the net and 3,000 came in. That was fulfilled the second time in Acts chapter 4 when the lame man was healed and Peter went out and preached again. And he let down the gospel net and 5,000 were saved. And every time, glory to God, they would go out and begin to witness and get filled with the Spirit and, and preach that gospel and let down that gospel net. The Bible went on to say that multitudes of both men and women were added to the church. My Lord, saints, there's a lost and dying world today without Jesus that needs to hear the gospel that needs a witness. Listen, the place where you work, the store that you go to, the school where you attend, oh, everywhere you go, that, that part of the world needs a Pentecostal, spirit-filled, powerful witness, bold witness for the Lord Jesus Christ to share the gospel with those who are there. We need to be full of the Holy Ghost. Somebody say, well, Brother Rick, I, I've been filled with the Spirit. Well, so have I. Listen, but how full are we today? I'm not concerned about what happened last year in your life five years ago or 10 or 20 I want to know this how full are you of God's spirit today on Pentecost Sunday 2021